Welcome to the Comics Course, a podcast offering by Miskatonic University's Remote Education Program, offering Literature 209, Graphical Literature and Society and History. I am your Professor Hamby, accompanied by my TA, Rowan. Say hello, Rowan. Hello, Rowan. If you have comments or questions, I'm on Twitter as Prof Hamby. That is P-R-O-F-H-A-M-B-Y. Let's get class started. Class is in session! Welcome back. We are going to talk about verses today. Nope, nope, not the verses of a Shakespearean sonnet, nor is this an homage to Firefly. We are talking about universes and multiverses and omniverses and parallel universes and alternate universes and all that jazz. This topic came from one of the podcast listeners who asked, and I'm paraphrasing here, can you explain what all of this talk about alternate and parallel universes and all this jazz is? And I said, sure. And then I sat down and got confused myself. And then I sorted out my confusion. So here we are, and we're going to talk about this jazz. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people are talking about metaverses right now. So if you go spelunking up the sphincter of the NFT bros out there, they'll be glad to tell you all about them and about how they're the future of everything. They'll cure cancer, stabilize society, get rid of poverty, and apparently it's done through a bunch of crappy-looking ape art and yachts. Uh, yeah, that's all a scam. Don't do it. And we're not going to talk about those. We're going to skip those. Uh, This is a literature class, not a comp sci class. So so what we're going to do is we're going to define some terms that show up in graphic lit. We're going to talk a little bit about how they're a little different in graphic lit than other lit in some, what I would call, overlapping literature to graphic lit, like role-playing games. And so we're going to define these following terms. A universe. A multiverse. Alternate universes, parallel universes, and omniverses. Now, do you think you could define all of these, Ro? No. Can you define any of them? No. How about universe? It's not like a unibrow. <laughs> Although the term uni is common. No, it's not. Uni, meaning one. Universe, unibrow. They both use the root term uni, meaning one. I have never heard anyone use that word before. You you hear it all the time, just as a part of other words. I mean, you you know the term universe. It means one verse. Unibrow, one brow. But I thought you were saying uni as like a shorthand. No. Okay. (laughs) But But we have compound terms in our language. I mean, I know you're an art major, but you can understand this. It's like you take colors and you mix them together for a new color. You take words and you mix them together for new words. I mean, even art majors can understand this, right? Right? I'm getting worried here. Getting real worried. We're just going to move on. Okay. So let's start by defining what a universe is. A universe is a continuous realm made up of all the time and space in that realm. No matter how micro or macro. Whether you go through a black hole into a white hole 20 galaxies away, you go down into a microverse or a billion years in the future, you're all in the same universe. All the contiguous space. What's beyond the boundaries of a universe? Presumably, according to classical thinking, nothing. 
because it's all of existence. However, that thinking has changed over time. Now, to put what I'm going to talk about in context, I want us to first roll back our minds, use the capacity for imagination. Now, you're a product of the 2000s, mm -hmm. so your imagination has not been encouraged much. But I want you to try it now. I got a sigh. Did I get an eye roll? You were turning away from me. No, you didn't. I'm close to bingo. No, you didn't. Okay. So I want you to imagine the time before the 20th century, really. Mm -hmm. And if you look at folklore and legends all over the world, there's no concept of anything outside our universe. The Greeks talked about the gods being on top of Mount Olympus, which was an actual mountain. They could point at and go, yep, that's where Zeus goes when he's done stooping women as a swan, which Zeus, a swan, really? Dude. Um, kind of weird, just saying. Uh, you, you, you go to uh, folklore on the British Isles, the uh, Tuatha. You know, they described the gods as living in the skies in the northern islands. Even in Christian folklore, heaven is in the heavens. It's in the sky somewhere or beyond the sky. But within our universe, hell is underground somewhere. Uh, when you look at old folklore stories in Europe, like Germanic ones that involve uh, fairies, pixies, sprites, elves, they're described as living in the woods there are old folk tales of guys that go wandering, presumably drunk, because, I mean, if you're a German and you're in the woods at night, presumably you're drunk, um, and they wander into an elven party in the middle of a field. Now, time gets weird, but you're still in that universe. And there are stories of magic portals that'll take you to far-off lands, but you're still in this continuous existence of space and time. Even in Norse mythology, Yags, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to slaughter this pronunciation. Yagdrasil, the world tree. All these realms are somehow spatially connected. I mean, if you climb up the tree, you can get from hell to uh, Alfheim. It's a hell of a tree. But, and maybe a metaphor. And mythical Arabian stories, you know, there are stories of winds lifting people up and carrying them to the far-off lands where genies dwell. The creatures of smokeless fire and that kind of thing. Now, I'm not going to say that nobody pre-20th century maybe had a concept of alternate dimensions, but if they did, they didn't have the language for it. In fact, we know that people began thinking about this uh, because, for example, there's a medieval Christian scholar, St. Thomas Aquinas. And he was, one of the many things that he was concerned about in theology is, if you have a God who is eternal, then how can he exist in the same universe with things that are mortal, that are finite? If God is infinite, how can he exist in the finite? So he began conceiving that there had to be some other realm, and which is what we would call a dimension. God must exist outside our universe. But the scope of that was pretty limited, specifically to God, and maybe the angels. But the ideas do change, and we can look at comparisons of 19th to 20th century literature um, to see this pretty easily. 
In the 19th century, if you wanted to look at giant monsters, they were probably going to be dinosaurs because we had fossils for that. And, you know, you'd have something like Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World or Journey to the Center of the Earth in order to have a far-off land because by then exploration had pretty well determined that we didn't have any dinosaurs left on Earth. So you had to go under Earth for them. Are you There's, sure? Now, of course, we also have things like Skull Island, mm -hmm. as introduced uh, in the movie King Kong. Mm -hmm. But by the time you get to the late 20th and now 21st century, Pacific Rim. We got kaiju coming through dimensional gateways into the Pacific. Mm -hmm. uh, books like Kaiju Preservation Society, where they travel to another dimension to have all these kaiju wandering around. And there are others. Uh, Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. Probably not surprising. This was written by a mathematician because mathematicians are some of the few people that can be stone-cold sober and still mentally act like they're stoned out of their fucking minds. Math will do that to you. you. Seriously, you don't need hallucinogenics. You just need math. Enough math will make you look at the world like it's turned upside down, the sky is bleeding, and mushrooms are talking to you about Jimi Hendrix. Enough math will do this to you. Seriously. But, you know, even though in Alice in Wonderland she goes through the ground, she ends up in this world with its own sky. Not that that's entirely unknown from things like The Lost World, either where it's a fake sun and a fake sky deep in the inner earth. Uh, but along with through the looking glass, it's clear that there is some idea of an alternate dimension, alternate dimension here, even if it's never named as such in the book. Uh, and then going into the 20th century, Tolkien. When Tolkien is doing the history of Middle Earth, he literally has, during the Second Age of the World, heaven just be another continent across the ocean from where all the mortal stuff is. Interesting. That later got lifted up and moved elsewhere. But I mean, this still reveals that mindset that the universe is encompassing. And if you're going to have all this unbelievable stuff, like literally, essentially the angels and gods of Middle Earth, you're just got to put them on a land really far away if they're not going to get involved in the plot. What in the name <laughs> of the 30,000 hells was that? Oh, I forgot to mention the hounds found a cat. Are they mating with it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh my god. I, ask, I don't, I tend to not ask questions. I have been under the Arabian dunes <laughs> when cities of the dead have risen and I have looked into the eyes of elder things that spoke my secret name. <laughs> And they didn't bother me as much as that sound will. I am now going to do what any <laughs> rational American would do and pretend I don't hear it. Oh, Lord. So, uh, to look at a compatriot of Tolkien, uh, C.S. Lewis, mm -hmm. who they work together. For those wondering what that sound was, that was a pop filter falling onto my TA's boobs. Hey. Am I lying? No, but you don't need to point that out. Well, they can't see it. Um, so C.S. Lewis actually liked science fiction, and he wrote about alternate universes, although not in a science fiction context, but in probably his best-known work, 
the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Mm. They go through the wardrobe and enter a whole new dimension. Mm -hmm. And by 1957, a seminal moment happened. The Mini Worlds Interpretation was published. This was an interpretation of quantum mechanics that asserted that universal wave, fu wave function is objectively real, and there is no such thing as a wave function collapse. Now, what does this mean? This means that things carry through even when you think they're resolved. Now, a very simple layman's interpretation of this is that every action that could resolve in multiple ways resolves in all of them. We just don't see all of them because we move forward in the universe where it resolves a way, while others branch off resolving the other ways of a quantum event. Not necessarily, you know, how we normally think of it or how science fiction writers write about it, although it's a reasonable metaphor. Uh, this is also called some other things, such as the relative state formulation or the Everett interpretation. Uh, Hugh Everett was the physicist who first proposed this, I believe, as part of his doctoral thesis. Yeah. A lot of groundbreaking stuff has come about from doctoral theses over the years. Mm -hmm. Now, while this is happening in 1957, something is happening in comic books. The Silver Age has come about. Now, in the 50s, superhero comics weren't cool for a long time. We've talked about how even uh, creators like Jack Kirby found themselves doing romance comics just to pay the bills, right? Mm -hmm. But then by the late 50s, the Silver Age was upon us, and the first Silver Age character was Barry Allen the Flash, who had a completely new origin, um, borrowed some aesthetic elements like a lightning bolt and a red suit from the Golden Age Jay Garrick Flash, but otherwise, and had super speed as a shtick, but otherwise was a totally new character. And one thing that they never did in the comics at that point in time was say, do these two people live in the same universe is this a new younger flash and the old flash is around well they decided to answer that in 1962 and flash 121 and the cover of this if you want to google it it's called the flash of two worlds and it is one of the most iconic images in comicdom mm. it has been referenced in flash tv shows it has been had homages and parodies made of it and all kinds of comics, but it shows somebody falling under a building and Jay Garrick and Barry Allen running on different sides of the collapsing building to save the guy. And this established the idea that there were parallel universes with these differences. And this comes as an idea straight out of relative state formulation. Now, this was the first big appearance of this in comics, but trust me, science fiction latched onto this like a hungry baby on a full teat. I mean, there, there was just like, give it to me. And they went hog wild with it quickly. And for good reason. This was an incredible storytelling excuse while still getting to be science fiction-y. Now... Note that I call this parallel universes. The reason this is a parallel universe, and the term parallel universe is highly associated with science fiction, is this idea that all these multiple universes all follow the same basic rules of physics. 
Now, maybe something has happened divergent in one of them, but they all start from one central universe, some uh, core universe at some point, and then events, these quantum events, cause them to branch out. So, one universe over is exactly like ours up until two minutes ago when I flipped a coin, and in my universe it came up heads, and their universe it came up tails. Now, maybe I was just doing this for fun and it didn't matter anything, and that universe continues to be parallel to ours unless some butterfly effect of that coin somehow changes things down the road. And now as events happen in that universe, they branch off too. Now, maybe some universes out there where it's branched off so dramatically that events happen in their universe like, say, you know... Uh, budding quantum events lead to a species existing that would have died out in other universes, and they wage war on the galaxy and blow up a bunch of suns, and the fundamental laws of physics are changed as a result of their actions. But barring something like that, all the universes operate under the same rules, although the events in them become dramatically different the further out from your core world you are. But new ones are coming into existence, and presumably, some are even collapsing all the time. So that's parallel universes, because things are happening in parallel in them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, closely associated with this, though, is the idea of alternate universes. Alternate universes don't operate in parallel and aren't bound by the same rules. Now where parallel universes are largely a mechanic of science fiction, alternate universes are largely a mechanic of fantasy. And if you want to see somebody who in the early days of uh, the Silver Age of comics jumped into alternate universes with absolute gusto, read read Steve Ditko's Doctor Strange. Um, I don't believe Steve Ditko was a drug user, but when you look at his pages, you could believe that he was freebasing peyote with uh, uh, LSD. Because his art was wild. And beautiful. I don't believe he was a drug user, though. In fact, from what I know of his personality, he probably saw those as a crutch and had disdain for anybody that used them. And we see that once alternate universes become a thing in the popular consciousness, that people latch on to them quickly. Suddenly, elves don't live in hidden hollows in the forest. They don't use magical gateways to go to distant isles. Now, they have the Feywild and other realms, the the Fey realm to go to. Um, You even see this in the Sandman. Hobgadling, when Dream and Death are in the bar... Dream makes a comment about, I was visited by an entourage from the Fae, and they're talking about leaving this realm of existence. Mm-hmm. They're going back to their native dimension. Uh, when you look at Norse mythology, people quickly grasp this idea of alternate dimensions to say, well, Nephilim and Mosulfim and Asgard and Vanaheim, these are other dimensions. And the world tree represents how to get from dimension to dimension. Some 
thing that bridges them. And this has become a staple of modern fantasy literature. In fact, uh, we have whole genres dedicated to people who travel from our world to fantasy realms. We call it isekai and manga. Mm. Right? Right. And those are alternate dimensions. They have magic and other stuff. Now, many people will use the term alternate dimension and parallel dimension somewhat interchangeably, but that's not correct. Parallel is not an alternate dimension with different rules. Parallel dimensions are dimensions where they follow the same fundamental rules and branch off a single core world. Alternate dimensions have no necessary connection between them. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in a magical realm of alternate dimensions, uh, you could have, this happens in Dungeons and Dragons, an entire realm of nothing but machines and sentient machine life that is allied with new, allied with new concepts of neutrality. While you have heavens that are allied with good and hells and abysses that are connected to primordial ideas of evil in various ways. And indeed, uh, in the D&D cosmology, they have dimensions of fire, dimensions of shadow, dimensions of earth, even dimensions uh, where some of these dimensions somehow rub against each other in some metaphysical sense, and you get steam and stuff, which would actually apply that they're the same dimension or same universe. So... But I'm going to chalk that up to awkward attempts to explain cosmology by D&D writers. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, and, and traditionally, the terminology for alternate dimension would include parallel dimensions, but I separate them and therefore keep it separate in your papers, or you will be downgraded, if I could be bothered to read them, um, because we need a way to distinguish. So I do not use alternate dimensions as a superset, including parallel. They're two separate groups. Now, that gets us to a multiverse. Bum, bum, bum. Now, this is where it gets... We have to talk about how people are talking about universes and comics versus other media. In most media, a multiverse is a grouping of all the universes. Right? Mm-hmm. But comics can't be that simple. Yeah. Nothing's ever simple. Right. Now, in comics, I mean, Marvel Comics has thousands of universes. They've got numbers for universes in the 20s of thousands or more. Uh, they've documented hundreds of them because everything is another universe. DC has rebooted their continuity so many time, times that they've had to come up with describing groupings of universes from different reboots as multiverses and saying, oh, no, no, those 52 universes from the new 52 reboot, those are over here as this multiverse. And then we've got these multiverses for this other stuff. So while in most of the world, a multiverse is all the universes, comics are so preoccupied with using universes as plot mechanics that we actually have multiverse meaning a logical grouping of universes. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. And then, because in all these reboots, they have to constantly try to do more, do more, do more, you know, to try to raise the stakes. Um, 
which all falls flat and I think is stupid. This is this is where superhero comics deserve to be called out as stupid. Um, they now describe all these groupings of universes as an omniverse. So all the grouping of multiverses are the omniverse. However, outside of comics, an omniverse and a multiverse are the same thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And if you look at something like Dungeons & Dragons, D&D, uh, they actually don't use parallel universes. They only use al uh, 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 alternate universes mm -hmm. with, you know, these planes associated with elemental powers and divine powers. And then actually in their cosmology, all their different worlds aren't in different dimensions they're all in what they call the prime material plane that you can use spell jamming ships to travel between the quote-unquote crystal spheres of, which are solar systems for the rest of us. So, let's repeat these definitions real quick. A universe, all contiguous time and space. A parallel universe, a contiguous time and space that is closely related to but you need some special technology to travel to from your universe where things may only be slightly different or maybe if the differentiation point was long ago, it's become very different. Uh, a good example of that, the man in the high castle. What if Germany had won World War II and occupied America? That's a parallel universe example. A lot of alternate historical fiction is parallel universe. Alternate universes are magical places. It could be anything from a dimension of elemental fire to where the frost giants live and magic abounds to an Isekai world filled with monster girls and a guy trying to build a harem of them that, in a way that's absolutely horrifying. I read a comic the other day. I want to bleach my brain. Um... Then a multiverse is a logical grouping of universes, either parallel or alternate. And then an omniverse is all possible universes, both parallel and alternate. Mm. So how so does that help explain a little bit? Mm-hmm. All righty. So with that, we are going to return next week with Doll's House for Sandman and we're going to talk about the life of George Perez a little bit. Or we may talk about magic rings. I'm not sure. One or the other. Yeah. But either way, we'll see you next week. Keep reading comics. Bye. Class is over. But before you leave your seats, we have one more teaching moment. New podcasts drop on Mondays and Thursdays. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tons of other platforms, as well as YouTube. Our hosting is at comicscourse.captivate.fm, which also has our RSS feed. If you want to find our website, TikTok, any of that other stuff, constantly updated list is at linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E -E forward slash Prof Hamby.